what are we up to now? Episode seven yeah. or six? Yep. Seven. Yeah. All right. Well, wow, we've done seven of these. Welcome to episode seven of the Nova Files podcast. I'm uh, Peter from Medallion Comics, and today I'm joined with Saban. Um, I'm Greg from Sierra Nova Comics. And I'm Hector from Newly Studios. So before we hit recording, I said we we're going to talk about this. So yes, uh, freaking COVID and TCGs. So what's been going on? Just uh, yeah, um, Greg. You, uh, sorry. Uh, oh my God, I can't talk this morning. <laughs> uh, Ian, you're saying how you went to Walmart and it just looks like everything sold out, right? I'll change my name to Ian if you want. That's fine. I'll oh. be Ian today. <laughs> yeah no i went to walmart i went to walmart and uh uh you know i just go there to shop but i don't really like buy pokemon cards but i was like yeah. for some reason i was like you know let me see if they got some pokemon cards i kind of want to like mess around with this shit and um i went over there and like everything's like sold out like pokemon cards there was like other stuff too like magic cards like i think there was a few magic cards left but there was a lot of stuff just like completely yeah. done so what's been going on lately is that since covid has been going on a lot of people are buying stuff from home. One of the most popular things that uh, is on the market right now are TCGs, especially stuff like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I really like Pokemon back in the day. Let me get some cards. And what's going on? Because you have this nostalgia for it going on right now. You have a bunch of older individuals who buy up everything in droves and then right. sell it at a much higher value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. on Facebook Marketplace randomly. Yeah, you know, they're scalpers. That's what's going on. People are high, hardcore scalping uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Magic cards right now. Like you go into the stores, like everything's sold out. There's yeah, a, there's a tote that I saw on Facebook Marketplace, and it's like a, a giant tote, and it says like forty thousand Pokemon cards. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. And the it's thing the- is, like, I don't know if you guys ever played TCGs or collected them in the past. I've played Pokemon for sure. I, I didn't play Pokemon, but I've like uh, collected the cards. Yeah. If you have any of your OG base set Pokemon cards, look them up. A lot of them are worth quite a bit of money these days. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend uses one as like a bookmark. So. Yeah. Here's the thing, especially if you, have, if you have an OG Charizard, uh, those things can go like, I think one sold like for $10,000 recently yeah, i was i was i'm doing a fake project where i'm basically like making pokemon cards with like fake pokemon uh yeah. for this for this client and yeah looking up those cards like yeah the, the one that i saw was like four four thousand seven hundred uh the charizard first edition holographic you know that was the yeah. one i saw on like etsy <laughs> yeah. let, let me tell you something. i have a first edition dark magician girl from Yu-Gi-Oh, the, the first version of it that came out mm-hmm. and i'm like you know shits and giggles i'm gonna look it up it goes for up to a thousand and more. Nice. I literally had, I, I, I was considering selling it, but I, I figured I'd hang on to it for now. And some guy made me an offer of about $1,200 for that and like two other cards. Mm. So <laughs> are you selling it or are you hanging on? No, to no, it? I'm hanging on to it for now because considering these values right now, oh my God, you like right now, I like having these things, but Lord knows 10 years from now when I have kids, I'm like, hey, you know, let me just get rid of these pieces of paper. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I know. So like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic, there's a huge nostalgia boom for it. Therefore, there's a high demand for it. And therefore, there's a bunch of not the best individuals taking advantage of it. Right, right. Like, I think there was, oh, they had the same problem at McDonald's because McDonald's was having this promotion with Pokemon cards. 
mm -hmm. they had to make a limit per customer because people were abusing it. Yeah, of course. Like any system is going to have people that are going to try to take advantage of it. Oh, for sure. But we're seeing it like heavily <clears throat> right now with COVID. I think it's I think it's funny that there is a McDonald's somewhere. I forgot where. And they're offering to give people iPhones to work there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's going on right now with uh, COVID is that people are making more money on unemployment than they would be going to those low-end jobs. Yeah. Right. Actually, I had leverage for my job. So it's really funny. So I was making the least at my job. I'm still making the least, but um, well, me and my friend are now going to be making the exact same. But <laughs> my boss lied to me and said that, oh, you, you talked to the payroll lady? And I'm like, never talked to her in my life. And he's like, oh, well, you said that you were going to quit if you didn't get $17 an hour. I was like, well, that that's true. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, no, you'll get $17 an hour. I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> How long ago was that? Just like this past week. Like, he's like, he definitely lied, like on the phone to me. He's like, oh, you talked to her? I'm like, never talked to her in my life. But somebody <laughs> said something. But mm -hmm. thanks for whoever said it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm human resources, but even I know, like, the whole, like, not telling people what your salary is, oh that's not a stress. That's a, a demand of the corporation so they can better control people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, when I have, when, when we actually have, like, Sierra Nova as, like, a whole thing, and, like, if I, I would never tell an employee to be, like, oh, you don't, don't tell somebody, like, your pay rate, like, you could care less if you did that. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're all roughly the same anyway. But yeah, yeah no, like um, I've been hearing because here in Montreal, uh, up until a few weeks ago, I was heavily recruiting for warehouse jobs. And they were all like paying minimum wage. Minimum wage here is like $13.50. And unemployment, you're basically closer to $15 an hour. So why would anyone want to go work and risk COVID when unemployment pays them more? <laughs> So now all these companies that were only offering minimum wage are upping their base salaries. <coughs> yep. Which I think, it, you know, it's for the best, you know, well, like, especially, like I said, working in, in recruitment and human resources, I see how little people want to pay other people and I don't like it. And they're like, considering now that you got COVID and it's requiring people to start increasing salaries and increasing these things, it's doing good. You know what it is too, is like, it's not just pay. It's like, you know, like I could stay at home and be with people I care about and like feel appreciated, or I can go to a job where I'm, you know, working my ass off and I don't really feel acknowledged or appreciated, you know, like, and you know, I'm, I'm at risk of, of catching COVID and all that kind of, so like, it's just the risks and the, the benefits don't outweigh like, you know, what you're getting on the other side, you know, and, you know, there's been tons of people in my network that, you know, kind of reignited passions that they've had for a long time you know because of this because they had an opportunity to like you know be on unemployment for a while and it's like well what am i going to do to occupy my time and you know now they're doing their hobbies now so many people have like started up their own little side businesses in this meantime and found other ways to try and make income and stuff and they're probably more fulfilled doing that kind of stuff you know than going to a job that they just have to do to maintain and survive so i think it's it's definitely taught uh, our society a lot about like the value systems of our workplace, you know, and, and like how those, those things operate and they don't really fulfill us to a certain degree. We would rather be, you know, kind of free to do what we want to do. And, um, 
obviously the reality is we're going to go back to it. Like we're going to go back to a normal work day and, and, you know, normalcy at some point, but I think it's definitely going to be a different workplace once we get back. Yeah. Thank you, Hector. Yeah. Actually, to swap the topic, like back to more like geek related stuff. So a big topic that's been going around, I don't know if you guys have been seeing it, is that the entire uh, Western uh, comic book market was completely outsold by manga. Like recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're killing it. Yeah. And, and uh, there's no, because we kind of talk about, sorry, you were saying, uh, Greg. Oh, people were saying that uh, manga isn't even like comics. Like, so, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to consider it this way uh, manga is a series and comics <coughs> are magazines. <laughs> like, I- I've talked about this before, and like, I'm going to bring it up again. My problem with the comic book industry is we're reading the same stories just with a new coat of paint. Mm-hmm. And not even the fact like we're like, oh, these are all the same tropes or these are all the same. No, they're literally the same character. Mm-hmm. Just going between different writers and it just Spider-Man, as an example. I'll use Spider-Man. When I started reading Spider-Man, it was like around the Secret Wars. All right. No, not Secret Wars, uh, the Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. So I read from that period sometime after uh, a brand new day, which I hated brand new day, I hated the whole concept. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, it's magic. We don't got to explain shit. So I started reading from then until now. And it's gone through a few different writers, but since in that time frame. And the supporting cast completely changed. The scenario completely changed. You have the whole like superior Spider Man storyline. Like, nothing ever sticks. And mm-hmm. within these like, what, 10 years almost? I'm still reading the same characters. Like he's still the same age. Like the world definitely develops, but you never get a sense of finality. Yeah. A, good, a good example of this is there's no hero's journey. Mm-hmm. When you're reading these comics, there's no beginning, middle, and end. These are the day-to-day lives of crime fighters. Mm-hmm. And because they don't age, they don't go through arcs. They don't go through anything. Like A good example of that would be something like Invincible. Invincible has an arc. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a, right. comic, it's a superhero comic that has a beginning, middle, and an end. It's a story. Yeah. Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, they do not have beginning, middles, and ends. They have beginnings. Sometimes they have a middle, and then they go back to the beginning mm-hmm. with reboot after reboot. So what's going to happen? Your hardcore audience eventually is going to start losing interest. Yeah. And what's manga? Manga goes through different stories. It's like, and I think like for, as indies, it's something we would appreciate way more. What happens with manga is that Every so often, people pitch ideas. You have magazines that have like a collection of issue ones, more or less, the first chapters. The ones that start doing really well get picked up and continue. Mm-hmm. And eventually, those get carried, uh, put into collections. And eventually, that series gets turned into a manga, and then merchandising, and then video games. And what happens? The series ends. And then, you know what we do? We don't beat that dead horse. They go to the next series. Mm-hmm. So in the last few years, we've had... Bleach was a big thing. Naruto's still a big thing. It's been on a sequel series. Uh, Hunter x Hunter, Demon Slayer, which was the biggest opening anime movie of all time. Uh, My Hero Academia, which is actually a superhero story. Yeah. And it's a damn good one, too, which, yeah. is, which is great. I stopped and watched that. Exactly. So you're going from the new one hotness to the next hotness. Mm-hmm. And I like I said, I figure like as indies, that's kind of like what our scene is. Like you get a good indie book, it's gonna run for a certain amount of time, it's gonna end, and then you get the next good indie book. Yeah. And then you say, hey, you know what? I really like The Walking Dead. Oh man, like oh, you can buy the collection of The Walking Dead here. Right. Really good. 
Yeah, and and that's kind of the thing about like like movies too, right? This I think the success of movies is that like they are a, a single moment in time and they allow you to, uh, to to get closure. Like you know what I mean? Like even when there's a cliffhanger, there's still closure to it. It's like the movie's over. Like you can't watch anymore. Like that's it. So you have to ponder on, you have to think about all the different concepts that were inside of the 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 piece of film and 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 think about like man, how does that how is it going to move forward? How, you know, you have some level of like speculation and it kind of lets your like imagination wander and appreciate, you know, the things that you just seen. And that's, that's, again, that's exactly what I think you're talking about. Like story-wise is like, you have a beginning, middle and end, and then it ends and it allows you to kind of like grieve the process, like the process of grieving. Like I don't get to see that world anymore, but it changed me so much because of these things, you know, and, and like in a comic, you might have some pieces of like information or like profound things that you have, you know, that come up, like there, there's a couple like Deadpool things that I've seen that was like about suicide prevention and stuff like that. So it was like, yeah, like you get those things in the comic books, but then you also don't get that. Like it, it doesn't continue on. It doesn't leave you with like more thoughts. It's just that one moment in time. And then they move on to something else. And then, you know, it, it, there is no continuity when it comes to like, you know, the, how a series progresses. Yeah. How, how something progresses, you know, even some one issue to the next might even be completely different or months, you know, flash forward or, you know, so you, you don't get like a lot of continuity. So yeah, I think it's, especially with Indies, that's like, that's our bread and butter is being able to be storytellers and, and, you know, people do appreciate stories. And I think as time goes on, it's going to be a bigger marketplace because people are appreciating stories more and more and more and not just the flash, you know, and I mean, like, you know, uh, not the flash comic book, but like, you know, like uh, it's not just about flashy covers. It's not just about flashy artwork. It's, it's really more, there's more depth to it. Exactly. And you know, like it can be done. Like look at the Marvel cinematic universe because they're live action characters. They mm -hmm. have to have a finality. Like, look, the story the age. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The age, everyone grows up. We're done with Iron Man's story. We're done with Captain America's story. And now we're moving on to other characters. Like, uh, they're eventually, they're not going to be able to use Thor, they're not going to be able to use Hulk, and they're going to have to focus on nothing but new characters. Mm -hmm. And that is so contrary to what they are now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if you were, if the, the cinematic universe was anything like the comics, we'd be nearing a reboot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd be seeing a new Tony Stark, and like, the, their deaths would be, re, you know, uh, uh, set up to another version of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly, we'll be introducing the time displacement bullets. <laughs> exactly, <clears throat> that is my 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 favorite retcon device. Oh, it was just funny. They use it on Batman and Captain America. I just I can never get over that. <laughs> well, they, these two companies, like the big two, they've they've definitely done the same things, just in a different way. You know what I mean? Like over and over and over, the same kinds of things, same kinds of stories. You know, they even have similar character types when you really think about it. You know, so um there's there's very few unique characters that you know exist between those two you know giants exactly and yeah let's be honest there's always going to be comic book tropes you know there's always going to be stuff you can see in new character designs like the i guess you can call it the spider-man mask design where it's like the big eyes that hey guys are animated yeah. like no face yeah, yeah it, makes, it makes drawing easier that oh the easy. batman cowl you know what i mean like that's shown up in numerous different characters hit hitman you know what i mean or um uh, was it Hitman? The the no Big Daddy from um, uh, Kick Ass. Like he's you know looks oh, yeah. very Batmanish, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, you'll see that over and over. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm totally all for comic book tropes, like if they're done well. But the fact of the matter is, because we're always using the same characters 
we never get to explore things. And because the, the, the comic book market is only pushing those two, two big companies for like 80% of it, we don't get to see on a public side, like a good collection of indies. Like, yeah, you don't have a comic book equivalent of Shonen Jump. Right. Where let's say you take like the first chapter worth of each new comic book and put it in a magazine. And that way, you know, you buy the magazine, you read it, you enjoy it. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I really, I'm buying the magazine, but I'm really buying it for like these three stories. Right? It's like a tester though. You get to, you get to get a variety of like, Hey, I, you know, might like this or might like that. And you get a little bit of everything. Exactly. And they're like thick books. Like, I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen a Shonen Jump magazine. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think also them, it's because they use cheap paper. Everything's right. in black and white. So it's easier it's to print. produce. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, we need a comic book equivalent of that if this market is going to survive in the long term because I don't understand, I don't see a lot of younger people getting into comics as they are now. Like, let me repeat that, getting into Marvel and DC as they are now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see somebody picking up The Walking Dead. I can see somebody picking up Invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, give me some other like big indie books that came out in the last 10 years. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, I, I mean, Fable was really great. Um, Fables, yeah. Oh, man. Um, Saga. Saga. Um, yeah. They're making a show for um, Paper Girls, I think. Yeah. Mm. Kick Ass was a comic book, and I got some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole like the Millerverse, they're pretty independent and they've been fairly successful. Exactly. And these are like self contained stories. You can find like book one, two, and three at your local like Barnes and Noble. You can right. go pick it up, you can read it and enjoy it, and you finish it. And they're like, you know what? I want to read something else. Mm-hmm. And you're not bogged down, like, oh, look, at, I'm looking at the Marvel and DC section. They're just like all a bunch of random runs. I have no idea how yeah. they connect to each other. Honestly, that's that's actually like the biggest hindrance for me going into a comic book store and buying stuff is like, I don't know where to start. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea which one is going to be better than or which one I'm going to like more. There's a 50 Spider-Man, you know, titles or covers that are like, you know, chilling in this one section and same thing with every other hero that you see. So it's really hard to like decide, especially like if you really don't have a great, you know, uh, level of context, you know, like you haven't been reading comics. It's, it's such an like imposing kind of uh, thing to just walk in a comic book store and just like pick out a, a comic, you know, yeah. thinking that you might like it. Marvel comic that I got was um spectacular spider-man it's what it's a story arc of when like eddie brock becomes venom that's it Mm. that's that's all i have and like i got all five of those or four or however many i have of that but i like indie just because like for our stories yeah mine that i wrote like there's actually like a beginning a middle and there's going to be an end like yeah (laughs) not to be all self-promotion but i'm just saying like I actually remember the first time I went to the comic book store as a kid. I think I was like 10, 11, something like that. I've been watching a lot of Spider-Man on TV, a lot of X-Men. And you know what? I wanted to go read comic books. I remember walking into the store and seeing all the books, like like the, the higher price value books on the, the, the wall all the way at the top. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Like issue like 100 and what? <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, I remember I picked up, that, that's when the clone saga was going on. And I remember picking up a book and, oh, cool. Who, like, oh, there's a Spider-Man called, clone called Ben Riley, And 
oh, this, this, the, the cover is super shiny. And, but I remember like reading and just being so disconnected. And then like when I got back into comics years later and I found out what happened with the clone saga, I'm like, oh, wow. It's like the, the comic must have changed a lot since then. I'm like, nope, nope, it hasn't. <laughs> right. And yeah, and, and I think um, like for me personally, um comics like the big two comics even uh, you know i like image a lot actually i think they're they're pretty unique and they're actually trying to like you know promote indies and move indies mm-hmm. forward and things like that so um i'll leave them out of the conversation in this in this regard but like for me it's like the the big two are definitely about the art the artists and like the artwork like i don't really like dive into any one storyline because again like i feel like it's it's just going to be disconnected it's it's like a multiverse of different things and like i want some something that's more has more continuity you know and and stuff like that so um for me it's just like looking at those artists you know as an artist that's that's what i do like i look at these other artists and i'm like wow these guys you know do this so well do that so well and wow their inking style is great or the color here is amazing so i break it down in more of a like a critique fashion um but for me that's what it's about like it's really not about the stories at all i i would prefer reading you know a smaller pressed book because i know those people are trying hard to make that story work you know they're really putting all all their effort into it that's what i'm getting at like you're an artist like you would appreciate the art in those books but i'm talking about the everyday uh reader. Right. Like, right i don't notice line work uh, like i'm not an artist i'm a writer so when i read a book i read it for the stories or the narrative sure so we'll, we'll see like Correct, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but most people who will be reading it are not going to be heavy on art. They're not going to be understanding of those things. Um, s- consciously, probably not, but subconsciously, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Art, or art if, is, if art is reading, definitely a, a deep thing. Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a uniquely human thing. We yeah. all attach to it in some way. Oh, for sure. I, I remember, uh, I really loved Ultimate Spider-Man. I adored it. Yeah. And I remember somewhere in, like, the close to the 40 or 60 mark like they swapped artists and i obviously noticed mm-hmm. but that's like you know everyone like you know we know what we like like oh this i like this more than this but we're not gonna point out the the variety of it like oh i'm reading this book because it looks cool yeah, right yeah, right that's right be true that's a part of it but looking cool and like very well done it's hard to tell mm-hmm like sometimes maybe you like more of a cartoony style maybe you like more of a serious style oh sure yeah yeah there's there's different approaches to everything so it's like the change or or just the differences in approach it really there, there's a lot of avenues of success when it comes to artwork and, and writing as well you know so it's, it's kind of the same thing just there's a lot of creative avenues and stuff and it's just about what works for that specific reader mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think artist change um, for for some people do actually like make them lose interest in a book. Um, like my co- my cousin is a huge comic book reader, and um, he's a writer as well, and he definitely still tunes into the artwork as well. Like if 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 a book changes an artist, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I like this anymore, you know. And he'll he'll just pick up where that artist like if that artist is on another book, he'll just go to that book mm-hmm. and he'll just continue following that artist. Uh, you know, if there's a great writer too, like paired with him, and typically that's the case, you know. So. Yeah. Like yeah. our Seer Chronicles, well, all of our comics are going to be uh, this one artist that did ink and scales and stuff, and yeah. issue two as a different artist. So there's definitely a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I'm I'm all about Adam Fields though. Yeah. Uh, I want Adam to just do all that. Yeah, he uh, sent me the design of like what my one character John Benson looks like, and I'm like this is what I wanted him to look like in the very beginning, like. The design that Dan did 
was kind of like a copy off of uh, the first guy, Ricardo. And I'm just like, that guy doesn't look how he's supposed to look. <laughs> so, but now it looks okay, and I can't wait to see him actually draw it all. But yeah. um, Aaron Dowen from Catalyst Comic Studio, he actually, this is one of the comics. Oh, Tilt, yeah. Yeah, Tilt. And he actually plays on like the tropes and everything, like yeah. he, on purpose. He does it because he made Tilt. I'm pretty sure he made Tilt because he's making fun of Superman. Mm-hmm. So he like he breaks the fourth wall, like Deadpool, and then he <laughs> he just makes fun of Superman to like in like just superhero stuff in general. Right. When he's breaking the fourth wall, like one of the first things he does in the first issue is he's on a plane eating a sandwich like he's on the wing mm-hmm. and uh, i guess somebody came up to them at a comic-con like like when it, it came out and they're like well he wouldn't be doing that like he wouldn't be able to be sitting on a wing he's a superhero <laughs> that's the thing you're getting away I'm like what that's what's taking you away from the story and then um when he's like flying down from the plane and he's about to land he's like all right here's super Super, uh, superhero landing and then he like smashes to the ground <laughs> yeah so he like plays on all those tropes and i i just love that um but yeah i i like indie way more so like i don't think i would ever probably get marvel or anything ever again i would get teenage mutant ninja turtles like the last ronin when oh, all yeah. that's done i'm i'm gonna get that dude the power ranger series is actually pretty badass too mm-hmm. for i read the power rangers ninja turtles crossover surprisingly very solid like kind of small spoiler uh one thing i love how they do with their crossover is that their megazord is damaged so they used a size modification beam to make metalhead replace one of the zords so it was the metal uh metalhead <coughs> megazord. yeah no I, I and i love dan mora too and he was he was at the helm for that as the artist for a long time so like he's he's amazing man dan mora is insane <clears throat> the art on those books is super good and the thing I like about it is that I remember they made a trailer for a possible uh, Power Rangers uh, cartoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, they made a trailer for that. But Saban or Toei were completely against the idea of uh, those characters being animated. I can so, get that. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of kills, like, if you can, if you can do this in an animation, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot more to do. Like, you, you can play with reality a little more in an animation. And I think the, the key aspect of, of the nostalgia-driven kind of, like, Sentai, like, thing about it is it's, it's based in the real world. <clears throat> and it kind of has those limitations. <clears throat> yeah. But they got a green light for making a comic book. And the comic book, like, you know, brings back the original characters. Unless you do storylines, it lets you, like, revisit stuff from the OG series, mm-hmm. the characters in new ways, and it's very entertaining, especially for somebody who grew up on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole Draken thing, the whole, like, you know... Oh, man, that was so... It's, yeah, it's it's a great storyline, and it, it's like they tap into, like, the multiverse theory, and then you, now you get kind of, like, this feeling of, okay, this is where comics and and what I know from the past of Power Rangers that kind of meets in the middle. It's just a great idea to, to honestly, to sell comics. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, um tapping into the nostalgia factor and just bringing it into a comic format and mm-hmm. yeah it's brilliant no, dude, when it comes to comic books you gotta go multiverse theory like it's always, it's always the best thing to do like you know it's like <laughs> if you want to tell self self-contained story about like different ways the characters could have done it like i love the what ifs i love mm-hmm. stuff you know that's always because that's self-contained 
and enjoyable because like, oh, I've seen like this what if version, like you can buy Superman Red Sun, like the series and enjoy it. You can buy the movie and enjoy it. You can buy The Dark Knight Returns and enjoy it because they're all self-contained stories and they're created as such to be like a one, two issue. One shot. Story. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it. Like you said, it's, it's a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. It's satisfying. <clears throat> I, I watched that, like how they were made or shows or whatever it was. Um, on Netflix a while ago. Good for you, Boys Greg. <laughs> and one of the things, what? What what series was it? Sorry, it's like how it was made, or okay, it, like there was a movie one, and then there was one about like shows, and Power Rangers was on that, and I forgot what the actual name of it was, but they actually showed like how Power Rangers were made. I didn't know how it was made when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, this is cool, but now yeah, I it's like a, know it's how like it was a... made. Yeah, they took it's the like Japanese, a legacy. Yeah, they yeah, took the like... Japanese stuff and then they like <laughs> they like implemented the like American mm-hmm. actors and it was, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're like we we had to act like um there are people where they actually weren't. So when they were like fighting, I was like, oh, that's just that makes more sense now. <laughs> the long and short story of it is that um, you know, those were the Japanese series. Yeah. And uh Ham Saban was like in a hotel, yeah, I think in like Japan or somewhere. And he was seeing the the Japanese version of it, like, oh, this is really good. So the first thing they tried to do was bring it here and subtitle it and dub it. Didn't do well. So they just took all the action footage, left that in and made their own like footage and swapped it in. And that's how power Americans. <laughs> it's gotta be an American audience. We need white people in this show. Come on. Yeah. It's not gonna work without white people. <clears throat> so Thank you, everyone, for watching to our, like, three viewers, but we love you all. <laughs> There's, like, well, on YouTube, yeah, but, like, a lot of people listen to this podcast, like, awesome, all the time. I don't know what, what we really? we talk about, or mostly what you talk about, um, <laughs> is, like, people want to listen to that. There's, like, 14 people. Like, we don't get that usually for people. <laughs> Or like other podcasts. So audio. like audio, right? Is what you're saying? My face right now, I'm actually I'm actually kind of happy people are like listening to my insane ramblings. I, I think they like <laughs> listening to 80s and 90s stuff more than just our comics and stuff. <laughs> right. Like I said, this is a general form geek topic, man. We whatever comes to mind. Like last week was what we talk about last week. We talked about skeleton warriors. Talk about Lord of the Rings and uh Toyetic. Yeah. Meaning of the word Toyetic. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, th- thanks for having us or having me. I, I, I've been trying to get on this for a while. It's just Saturdays are usually really uh, difficult. Thanks. But Thank uh, you yeah. for joining us, Ian, or is it Hector? <laughs> Hector. Uh, I, mean, if I, get, I mean, whatever you want to call <laughs> me, I guess. <laughs> Sorry about that. Like, I, it's easier right, I just got mixed up for a minute. It's all right, man. He's, he's like your, he's your guy. He's your partner on this. You're missing your partner. So, used you know, to it. We're talking about a prison break story set in hell, which will be really fun to write. That's pretty dope, yeah. <laughs> he's actually working, he's working on this like monster anthology that I guess was asked to do. And yeah. um, it's four pages. And I didn't think I would write, like I would have not been able to write that if I didn't watch like Godzilla versus uh, whatever, yeah. King of the Monsters. Let me put it this way. Monsters, demons, that stuff's always, always, always fun to write. There's always something to be into that. Yeah. yeah, I had to make my own monster, so it was like it's half polar bear, half penguin. So. <laughs> Get ready for that world. Yeah. Half polar bear, half penguin. So that's 
And I like he's like, what do you want bear. this to look like? And I'm like, that's literally up to you. Like, I, I don't care. Bear. It honestly sounds like, you know, like an avatar creature, like the, the last avatar or the last airbender, like yes. you know, just kind of mixed creatures together, you know? Like a, 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 a turtle ducks. Yeah. It's like, and I remember it's like, yes, we're going to be having a party for his bear. Oh, you mean like uh, the bird bears? No. Oh, you mean like uh, the duck bears? No, just just a regular bear. bear. <laughs> yeah, that was the only regular animal in that whole series, too. Yeah. They had like saber tooth moose. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That was incredible. But yeah, our, thank you guys for watching and thank you. Thanks for having me, Peter. All right. Have a good week, everybody, and stay safe. Later, Greg. I'll see you tomorrow, bro. Bye. Bye.